Welcome to the In The Clouds podcast. In The Clouds is a marketing cloud podcast powered by Lev, the most influential marketing-focused Salesforce consultancy in the world. Lev is customer experience obsessed, and podcast hosts Bobby Tishy and Cole Fisher have partnered with some of the world's most well-known brands to help them master meaningful one-on-one connections with their customers. In this podcast, they'll combine strategy and deep technical expertise to share best practices, how-tos, and real-life use cases and solutions for the world's top brands using Salesforce products today. Welcome to InnoClouds Podcast. Bobby Tishy and Cole Fisher back with you. And we're really excited because not only for the podcast today, but also upcoming is Lev's first ever conference, um, Ultraviolet, which you can check out at ultravioletconference.com. And why we're so excited about this podcast as we continue our innovation series is one of the sponsors of our conference um, is on with us today, Movable Inc. So um, Kyle and Mike are on from the Movable Inc. side. Guys, if you guys wouldn't mind just doing a brief introduction of yourselves um, and Movable Inc., that'd be awesome. We'll get right into it. Sure. Thanks, Bobby. I'll, I'll start out. I'm Kyle Schroeder, uh, head of global partnerships here at Movable Inc. I'm uh, based in Indianapolis and have been working for Movable Inc. for a little over six years now. Have a background of working at Salesforce and Exact Target prior to uh, joining the team here at Movable Inc. Where now I lead a, a team globally that builds out partnerships with great partners like Lev, like Salesforce, many of the, number, the other uh, partners we work with today uh, from an integration standpoint as well. And have my colleague Mike on the phone. So I'll let him uh, introduce himself next. Yeah. Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Dietz, uh, Director of Solutions uh, Consulting with Movable Inc. Been here now for a little over six and a half years. So pretty long time now, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, Prior to this, I came from Experian Marketing Services, now known as Cheetah Digital. Uh, And my team are the the ones that are going to come in during, primarily during the pre-sale process. Uh, We're the technical experts of Movable Inc. um, And we can really kind of show off the the ways that, you know, marketers can leverage our technology. Um, Funny way that I like to kind of compare ourselves is, you know, we're the the hot models that come in to make sure that, you know, you sign up for the gym membership uh, before you actually sign your name on any contract. So... Really, really excited to be here today and talk things movable link. <laughs> what a great <laughs> analogy. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, before we dive into the innovation portion of the content for the podcast, just wanted to highlight that Movable Inc., like I mentioned, will be a sponsor for the Ultraviolet Conference. And we'll be hosting a session with Movable Inc. on Wednesday, April 7th at 1230 Eastern, covering personalization tactics across email and mobile, and really to help folks think about how to continuously improve their personalization efforts in the ever-changing landscape. So it'll really focus on actionable takeaways that, you, that folks can use to provide more personalized experiences for your customers by leveraging your existing tech stack, as well as Movable Inc. So really excited for that session, but really just kind of first jumping into a brief overview of Movable Inc. and and what you guys do and the key features and capabilities for folks who aren't familiar. Yes, Movable Inc. is a 10-year-old New York startup. Um, We've built out a personalized content platform for digital marketing. We take data and context and we turn that into creative that we generate in real time or at the moment of engagement um, for that that end user. And we deliver this um, through a client's existing tech stack. So something like Salesforce Marketing Cloud um, in order to drive these enhanced experiences across any of the messaging channels that they use Movable Inc in. 
we're working across 700 of the world's largest brands. Uh, they're using movable ink to help increase these customer experiences and drive revenue and ultimately, uh, you know, impact the engagement that they see across their, their messaging channels. This comes to life in a lot of different ways. A number of use cases, as you can imagine, as to how the technology can be can be implemented, which I think we'll we'll get into a little bit more as we go. Um, but but part of it is the, is actually seeing this, and so it is tough in, in this uh, medium format to, to understand the true power of the technology. So I would encourage, encourage anybody listening to to check out places like our YouTube channel uh, or any of our, our published content to actually see some of the visuals of of how we're able to make these uh, you know game changing um, experiences for brands. Yeah, and as Kyle mentioned, um, you really need to kind of see it to believe it. And that's usually like where my team comes into play. So this is going to be new for me to kind of articulate all the, the really cool stuff that we do through words versus uh, showing you on a, on a demo screen today. So, but, you know, ultimately, as kind of Kyle mentioned there, you know, this is such a game changing technology for marketers out there because we know that data exists in all kinds of different silos out there. And it's just always been such a challenge to get them kind of married up and together in one harmonious like little place right and that's where i think really clients are seeing uh, the benefit of using a software like movable ink is is kind of using us to act as that you know intermediate that can surface all those different types of data uh, and then present it in a really cool and engaging way for our customers yeah and you mentioned uh you guys have been kind of behind the scenes of a lot of salesforce marketing cloud emails for several years now uh kind of pulling the strings on some really cool real-time uh integrations and content population and things like that and i remember when i was actually at salesforce every time i would find out that one of my you know clients was using movable ink was always like yes let's see what kind of cool stuff we're doing here so uh i'd love to hear a little bit more about like some of the coolest solutions that you guys have come up with with marketing cloud customers yeah, so just to start out, you know, we've partnered with Marketing Cloud for probably five years now. Uh, we're one of the top Marketing Cloud ISV partners uh, out there. I think we have you know 230 plus shared customers with Salesforce, and many of those also shared with Lev. Um, you know, so, so at the core, let me let me just lay out the foundation, and, and then I know Mike's got a couple that I think he wanted to share too. But we're ultimately going to take our content that we're going to power for a brand, put that into a, a Marketing Cloud in this example campaign, and um, as they deploy that out, then we're going to be able to power that personalized experience. So MobileLink's not sending any uh, communications, but we're helping create and generate that experience at that moment that the, the end user or customer or subscriber is actually looking at that piece of, of creative. And so that unlocks a lot of different um, use cases that we're, that we're able to power across you know, different channels. So you know, even if you think of something like a loyalty experience and powering you know, loyalty data that is visualized at that moment of open around your status uh, within a particular program or your progress towards a reward, um, those types of um, content modules we can power and update over and over again in real time, um, either by unlocking data that lives in Marketing Cloud or by making you know, API calls to third-party or first-party systems that hold that data about that particular subscriber. Yeah, and I think one of the, the key things to focus on too when you, when you talk movable link is, is just boiling it down to the real-time aspect of what we power, right? So um, I always like to kind of convey what our web crop tech technology can do um, to a customer just to kind of get them familiar with the uh, the concept of this, right? Um, if you typically look at email, email has been kind of, you know, seen as a more or less a stale component where, you know, the message is sent and then you're opening it and whatever has been sent at that given send time uh, is what you're going to see. Whereas, you know, Movable Inc. has this capability to literally update the content of that email 
when that email is opened. And then if the user closes out and reopens, they're going to see potentially an updated experience based on whatever source that we're bringing that content in from. So more or less, uh, you can envision it as, you know, as the content on your website changes, it's also changing in your email or potentially in, you know, another uh, avenue as well. How do these different solutions, because I like the different things you just talked about around content where people are getting something different each time they open or things like countdown timers, that sort of thing. What's the most widely used feature on the movable platform? So I think over time, um, you know, we got our roots in what we would kind of bucket as contextual targeting. And so I think that's where you see things like timers and maps and social feeds and, you know, scratch offs and some live polling, which, you know, use the ability to kind of understand where a subscriber's at, you know, that's in terms of the time, their location, et cetera, to then power a piece of content that they can engage with. But over time, we, we've really evolved into more content generation, which is really taking in that, um, that data from external sources in order to build and, and generate images. And so whether that be through a web crop, like Mike just mentioned, or through an API data feed from an external source, that really has become kind of the anchor of what most of our clients are doing, because that's where the most value is being seen, which is taking in all of that um, you know, external information and creative and content in order to, to build that really powerful experience. Yeah. So like a perfect example that I can think of for that is uh, we integrate with Salesforce Commerce Cloud, um, which is an API feed that, you know, obviously a lot of Salesforce customers are using. Um, typically will house a lot of, you know, inventory feeds uh, for retailers out there. Um, so what we're able to do is in real time when the email is opened or the, the image is requested on the movable link side, we're pinging that API uh, and understanding what are the current inventory levels for the image that we should be showing. And that image at the end of the day could ultimately be predetermined um, through business logic that the client would pass to us. Um, we do have a very large children's retailer that uh, is also pairing up that data with our stories product uh, at Moveblank. And Moveblank has its own bespoke um, product where we're able to understand and listen to real-time web behavior and have that act as uh, a decision maker in terms of you know what product or what image piece of content somebody should see. So um, in real time, we'd be pinging the, the Commerce Cloud API to look at, you know, potentially a, a recent, you know, shirt that I was looking at on this website. Um, from there, we can understand if that shirt has inventory at my local store and then craft an image in the email that shows me um, that shirt that I was literally just looking at. And then it could be different, obviously, for the next year that opens up that was maybe browsing dresses or, or hats. Yeah, I imagine too, just being able to you know, one thing I always like doing is looking at these different solutions that someone like yourselves offer, but then also reverse engineering some of those different features as well, right? So being able to display that content based on that real-time call is really cool. But the other piece that I imagine too is that we could leverage that same technology to be able to share a back-in-stock type of a message or trigger different journeys based on um, different types of products or, or fulfillment orders, that sort of thing. So I think that one thing I was like thinking about is not only what, what the features are on its face, but then also what you could do to really kind of build um, or kind of go beyond the boundaries of the kind of the nomenclature of those main feature sets. Yeah, I think one of the the, the reasons clients love working within our platform is the flexibility of, of just what you described, Bobby, which is, 
you know, there, there's the core functionality and technology that's there, but the ways in which you can apply it and use it and expand upon it around a specific set of business needs um, really, you know, expands that universe, you know, quite considerably. And so, you know, you take one kind of app or feature within the platform and, you know, could implement it, you know, 50 or hundred different ways based on how mm-hmm. you think through what you're trying to accomplish. And so, especially with enterprise brands who have, you know, really defined business needs, uh, it's important for that flexibility. And I think that's uh, something they've really valued with us over time. Yeah. And like Kyle just said there, I think some of the best use cases have, have literally come directly from our clients. And again, just speaking from experience of peak here now for the better part of a decade, um, you know, we didn't get to where we are without our clients kind of taking advantage of the ways that you can kind of bend our platform, right? I mean, I think I first saw it kind of come to life from my own eyes when we had a major airline in the US um, craft a, a live seating chart that was displayed in an email that would update based on your seat selection and then the other seats that were available for an upgrade, right? Um, you know, you think about uh, some of the different sports teams that we work with, they're doing live scoring in email uh, where they're powering us a live feed of, you know, a particular game that was going on that evening. Um, and as you're opening up the email, not only is the score changing, but, you know, there might be a subsequent block in that email where we're actually powering, you know, the, the players that are on the court or on the field um, at that given moment when you open up the email showing you their stats and then once the game is over, we're flipping out to show you kind of like a recap of what that game might look like again, all real time as the game is, is going on. Yeah, it's funny how that feedback loop works, uh, you know, kind of bouncing back on what the customer knows about their needs and what's going to really appeal to their their end user. Then as well, like what you build it for, what you think you're building it for and all the cool ways you can bend and flex it. And, you know, to Mike, your point, I, they're one of the things that I was going to. I was hoping you guys would bring up was that that sports use cases. And I, I saw one when I was at Salesforce, this was several years ago, that uh, there was even um, directions to and from the stadium and like what was the fastest route and what was to, you know, block traffic and just really cool stuff. Yeah, again, so I mean, if the data is out there, chances are we're, we're able to sync with it and then craft, you know, the experience that the customer might want to see. And I, I know exactly that which one you're referring to, a major basketball team that may or may not reside in, in the state of Michigan, I believe. So um, <laughs> in that case, you know, we paired up with, I believe, Google's traffic API, uh, and we we're able to craft kind of the, the live traffic conditions around um, uh, the palace to show uh, what, what traffic was like, you know, getting to and from the game. Do you guys have a favorite solution or it's kind of sounds like that might be one of them uh, that you've seen someone implement specifically on Salesforce Marketing Cloud? Yeah, we've, we've done so many creative things um, over the years. I, yeah, I, you know, um, outside of the sports example, I think we've, I remember in the, in the early days, or I, one of the ones we can do is um, where, where you have brands that um, c- can essentially take, if they, if they have recommendations such as like uh, a net Netflix queue, it's not specifically Netflix, but that concept, right. Of, of serving up, you know, your, you know, preferred content or recommendations, um, the ability to bring that in and, and personalize that for an individual. We have a few other, you know, brands that have those types of recommendations around content um, in more of the media technology space that we've been able to serve up. And I think when done really well, you, you just feel that personalized experience um, firsthand. So it's not only signing into a device or into a, an account and seeing that, but then 
that that carrying over to uh, a piece of, of of media such as email it has been really interesting. Even things like how far into a show you've watched, you know, so showing like, hey, you you made it twenty two minutes into this forty five minute episode, you know, come back and join us, and and being able to show that type of um, you know recommendation as well as progress into a show, uh, I think is pretty cool and something as a you know just a consumer of that type of media, especially over the past year, uh, you come to appreciate. Yeah, I think uh, one of the ones that just came to mind that I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about, but I'm going to talk about it anyway, um, is one of the year in reviews that you typically see that get sent out. And, and we, we did one for a major uh, music streamer out there um, that are actually no longer a client, but I feel I, I want to say that we invented it with them um, and then they kind of like ran with it. But right. So at the end of the year, you're going to get like, you know, your year in review recap of, you know, how many minutes of music you listen to, you know, your top artists, your top genre. Um, and they had all these additional rules that were built into it to show you if you fell into, you know, the top 1% of uh, a specific band's or artist listener. Right. And I, I'll even out myself here. There was one year where I was just really into Hall & Oates for some reason. And I remember in that email, <laughs> who's not in like, I, I like to start my morning with them. I think, you know, it, it always kind of cheers me up in the morning, especially given these days. But yeah, there was, there was <laughs> that one email. I'm, I'm just me. picturing like uh, when uh, Mike gets up in the morning, he's woken <laughs> up by Alexa playing Kiss on My List <laughs> and it really gets his day going. <laughs> yeah. Wife absolutely loves uh, when Alexa goes off in the morning from full blast. But yeah. <laughs> So, you know, we can we can work with the marketers to understand, you know, their business and, and obviously kind of craft those experiences that are, you know, so unique to, you know, what they do at the end of the day. And for me, I mean, that was one of the coolest ones that I think I've ever seen kind of come to life uh, in my tenure here. Well, I think what's so cool about that, too, is like just the, the, the multitude of different types of solutions you can come up with with the technology. Like, that's such a great one, right? Like, people love to see what their ranking is, like. How, how excited were you or embarrassed that you were the top 1% of listeners of all Hall & Oates on whatever that that streaming uh, platform was? But same thing, right? Like, and I'm, I'm sure people would leverage that as like a talking point with friends. Like, you know, I was the top 1% of Justin Bieber listeners in the last year um, because obviously Justin Bieber and Hall & Oates are are right on cue together. But I, I, I just love the fact that people are, are thinking about, and you guys are thinking about different types of solutions um, for for this type of technology and, and leveraging it for their own business cases. What, what's next for you guys? What are the kind of key roadmap items that you guys are excited about? So our customers are driving a lot of this and that's largely into integrations, which is how do we connect to more platforms, more systems out there that have data in them already in order to you know create you know, more of these, these, these use cases that are out of the box. And so, um, especially being on the partner team and partner world, you know, we're, we're constantly looking at what are the other, you know, major uh, platforms that, uh, the, the brands are investing in and how can we standardize integrations and continue to, uh, to extract uh, more value from those. So that's a, a big part of our, our, our focus from a partner side. And maybe I'll let Mike talk a little bit about maybe from a product standpoint. Yeah. I mean, again, without giving too much away on what's on the product roadmap, but, you know, I think it's just continuing to expand across the different channels that, that we can power, right? I mean, Movablink has historically been an email company. We now have a foray into mobile, um, beta and, you know, web and display right now as well. So, uh, you know, it's it's our vision, at least, you know, wherever there are images that are being powered, like Movablink could technically power um, those images, right? So, I think for me, it's all about, you know, expanding into some of these other newer channels that are, are, are not, you know, 
typically under movable links wheelhouse. Um, and we're already seeing some really, really cool results kind of coming out of these, some of these new channels. Well, thanks for sharing that guys. I, I think we're going to go to uh, jump over to completely unrelated. And so we originally were going to ask a question of what is your favorite podcast, but clearly we're all going to say this one, right? So we'll pose the question of what is your second favorite podcast that you listen to? Yeah. So I do love jumping around and like, I, I feel like I'm one to listen to like one episode and then, you know, bail and move to the next. But one I consistently come back to is Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. I think uh, the interviews and, and folks that he gets on his his podcast are interesting and span all different topics from, you know, business to celebrity to, you know, scientists. And so I feel like I can always find a, a quality episode there. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I only listen to Hall & Oates. <laughs> Does Hollow Notes have a pot? There should be. We should look this up right now in real time. Is there you know, a work Hall hard to be a top yeah. one percenter? It's not easy. There's <laughs> only so many hours in a day. You know what? We were seeing him in concert that year. I definitely remember going to a show at MSG, and that was the, the build up, at least. You know, it's daily Hollow Notes playlist. But yeah, that's um, great. I think second favorite pod. So I, again, I'm being serious. I don't listen to many podcasts. I'm more of a music guy myself. Um, if I did have to choose one though, I'll, I'll choose one that I was actually on. Uh, the last podcast that I did, my first foray into podcast was uh, one that my buddy runs. Um, it's called Trophy Dad Podcast. And I can say it's pretty much the exact opposite of what this podcast would entail. It was pretty much me and about four of my best friends sitting in uh, the basement of a one of our favorite bars in New York City, um, recording this thing. Um, I have no idea how many listeners it has, maybe six, but. Uh, so twice as big as this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was uh, that was fun. We kind of all just like sat there and we shared stories about, uh, you know, some of them were already dads. I was about to become a dad. So kind of talking about uh, the, the expected and unexpected things of, of parenthood um, in real time. Oh, that's cool. Made for pretty good conversation. <laughs> I actually just listened to this podcast on repeat. So <laughs> I uh, I don't listen to really any other podcasts. Um, but, you know, if for some reason this podcast isn't working, the repeat's broken or something like that, I'll typically dive into the Bill Simmons podcast. Uh, I'm a big NBA fan. And then also um, Smartless with Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett is really good too. Um, and, and really the, I think the reason I like that is because it kind of reminds me of Cole, you and I, where we just like, just dig on each other the entire time. Like the three of them just make fun of each other for basically the whole hour. And they have some other person that's very well known. That's just on the podcast too. It's a really, it's a really good listen, but nothing in comparison to in the clouds. Naturally. No, of course not. Um, you know, I kind of realized that I, I really only listened to podcasts when I was like in the airport or traveling, which used to be every week for us. But now that like there's basically no travel uh, and hasn't been for the past year plus, I, I have basically just stopped listening to podcasts. What I used to listen to all the time, which I just kind of dawned on me. I was like, man, I really haven't got any podcasts lately just because you know, there's always something to do at home. So like when I was walking around the airport or, you know, waiting to board a flight or something like that, you know, we just kind of plug them in and listen to your earbuds and, you know, you're, you're good to go. Um, but what I always tended to listen to is um, Kyle and kind of like you, is, I, I would listen to like a few episodes of everything. Uh, but probably the ones I was most hooked on were like 
you know, psychology geared sort of um, podcasts, like Hidden Brain uh, was one of them. And it was just like all like little studies and little cool tidbits and things like oh, that. Snooze fest. Yeah. I probably should have made something up really cool to like, you know, build yeah. up my street cred. I prefer listening to like a, a self-help podcast. I want to know how to become a better <laughs> yeah. person. Get off I your eye or skull. Yeah. Well, like I said, I only do it like an airport when I'm trying to sleep. So, you know, it works. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. This was a blast. Really looking forward to having you as part of the Ultraviolet Conference as well. Thank you for sponsoring and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone.